and anything that we do is is indie artist, we have to do outside of the box thinking. It is, and we have to do critical thinking. We can't depend on others to take care of us because it is all about us. We own everything in what we do, as from our story to our book cover to our marketing. So tonight. I have some of the people that are in the business and have been in the business, like me, a very, very long time, and we hope that we can impart some sage advice to each of you that are thinking about writing, that are thinking about narrating, that are thinking about a multitude of things. Jade and Will Nona, I have known forever and a day. They are two of my most wonderful friends. I absolutely adore them, and they have been very encouraging and very supportive of what I do. They are known as the And I Thought Ladies, or just the ladies, are pop poets. That writer literary, if guides are plainly said books of poetry, Jade is currently the Poet of the Year, and they are the founders of the Inspirational Women in Literature, Media, and Journalism Awards, the magazine's 25 Hottest Authors, and I Thought Literary Magazine, which is available now. Lisa Orban has joined us, and she is an author and founder of Indies United Publishing House. She created Indies United to give authors a home to call their own, where their voice matters, and to bring diverse, innovative, and exciting books to readers all over the world. Sarah Cahill Marin, and I hope I pronounced her last name right because it's a beautiful name. She is a relocated New York poet living in Washington, D.C. She is the author of Reasons for the Long Term, Broadstone Books 2018, and associate editor of Beltway Poetry Quarterly. Her work has been published widely in literary magazines and journals such as Gravels, Atlas Plus Alice, Joey and the Black Boots, Cordella, Newton Literary, South Florida Poetry Journal, Golden Walkman, Lunch Ticket Poetry in the Time of Coronavirus, New Verse News, say that fast three times, and others. And I will put her as well as the others' uh, websites up in the description of the show after the show. Brandy M. Miller, she is an international speaker and award-winning author. She is the founder of Stream the Story, a live stream where she hosts interactive writing sessions with viewers and works with authors to bring their characters to life through the magic of Sims 4. You can catch up with Brandy, a.k.a. Mistress of Portals, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and I will also post that one. I might have to go check that out myself. She also is a copywriter and a ghostwriter. Kevin E. West, he is a veteran television actor of more than 50 guest star appearances. Additionally, as a keynote speaker, he's known as the communication entrepreneur, along with being a three-time published author. Well, I can't talk tonight consultant, and former small business owner. And then we have Joe Sands, who is an audio book narrator who was mentored by C.J. Critt. Last but certainly not least is Shane O'Neill, who is a grant writer, author, and consultant. He has worked as the associate editor of the top 25 hottest indie authors, artists, and advocates and currently works for talent 
uh, yeah, Con- uh, I can't pronounce that word. Concierge, talent concierge. Y'all, everybody that has known me all these years knows that when it gets dark 30, my my tongue separates itself from my brain and takes on its own life form. So tonight will prove very, very interesting. Hello, y'all. How are you? Doing great, Yvonne. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Well, you are quite welcome. Lisa, I am so glad that you were able to join us. The girls told us that that your eye decided to take on its own life form, so we are glad that you felt like coming. Lisa? Lisa? Well, wait a minute. We lost her. Oh, no. Lisa, you there, honey? You there, Lisa? Lisa? Hello? Oh. Oh. We'll mess okay. her again. We'll I think, well, she's, she's showing his own here. Maybe she'll pick up. Okay. Okay. Maybe. I hope. But Well, I've got her online. I mean, I've got her showing his being here, so maybe she'll she'll jump in there in a minute for some reason it went on mute i don't know why it went on mute but i fixed it but anyway since this was wilnona and jade's baby i let them name it let them hatch it ladies take the floor and tell us what your agenda for this beautiful evening is well, I cannot take the credit for naming it. That was Brandy M. Miller because I called her and I said I had this idea. And she was like, okay, here's the name. We are like, oh, Brandy, this is why we call you because you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brandy, like. And here I thought that, it was my charming personality. <laughs> so we did prepare a question or two just to get started, but we want to make sure, Yvonne, did you have any questions first? Because, I mean, as, as, the, like, as the matron of, of literature right now, matron of, like, self-published literature. Marvin Litt, that's what we call it. Matron of Marvin Litt. Thank you, Jay. Do you have any questions first? Well, I do. Um, I don't know okay. how much oh, Jade and Wilnona has told you all about me, but I was one of the first way back when who, after being rejected by the big six enough times that I could wallpaper my walls, I struck it on my own. And I said, okay, all my life people said, Yvonne, you can't. You're not smart enough. You're not bright enough. And basically, why do you bother? So I said, watch this. And I did my own thing. I never looked back and I never, ever was sorry. Because when I first, when I, and, and I don't know if y'all get the same thing or not. When I first published on my own, the a lot of the comments I got was, oh, you're a self-published author. You must not be very good. Really? <laughs> yeah, there's some of that. There's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who still have the idea that if you're self-published, you're not legit. Right, and and I look at them like, excuse me, but do y'all find that, I know from my experience, I don't get it as much anymore because I've made a name for myself in publishing as well as, as television, as well as clothing lines, as well as photography and art, but on a daily basis, 
how much do you hear that nonsense? This I don't know. hear it as much. Oh, sorry. I don't hear it as much from my regular people, but from people who are in the literary genre, like the publishers and, and stuff, that still happens. This is Monona, and I'm going to say, so um, you, in the beginning you said that we are pop poets, and so <laughs> I actually went back to school to get my last degree, which was going to be my fourth degree. But um, So I was like, let's do creative writing, and my professor reminded me that I do not write real poetry. I write pop poetry, and I was upset. So Jade went... When I came in and I told Jade, oh, my goodness, he said I write pop poetry because, you know, it's self-published and it's not real and it's not literary. Jade goes, oh, so we write literary life guides that are pop poetry. Granted, I know that, like, for some of the people on this call, like uh, Sarah and Kevin, neither of the, the self-published label doesn't exactly apply to you guys. So, I mean, if you guys want to jump in and tell us about the traditional brand as well, feel free. Well, I I self-published my first book. Uh, it's the second. It's the second two that that were published by a publisher. So I'm I, I'm a hybrid, <laughs> but I uh, I do understand. I absolutely understand the uh, the scuttlebutt talk that if you self-publish something, you're not legitimate. I absolutely understand that. Well, you know, Kevin, on on the flip side of of your. Um, profession as an actor do you find that indie actors have the same dedication the same professionalism the same passion that quote unquote the traditional actors are Sure. I mean, I, I, th- I think that you're in any large group of people, especially when you're left to a self a self barrier or a, a self motivated line. You're going to have a lot of people, you know, as we all say in life, that you know, there's a good idea born every millisecond. How you execute it is another, you know, is another kettle of fish. But um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of actors who go out and, and create quote unquote their own short film or their own film, and they they do it very poorly. But they're also a ton of people who do it exceptionally well. So the belief that you don't have, you know, deficit studio financing behind you or a network behind you, and therefore your product is, or or you, or you are coming from a place of lesser than, is uh, quite frankly stone cold ignorant because hundreds of people prove that theory wrong every single year. <laughs> and and can that segues into as you were as you were saying something that this thought popped into my head. I have seen a lot of films by the big boys that I would not go see again, nor would I recommend <laughs> to anyone because the plot line was disastrous, the dialogue was childish, and the acting was two-year-olds. It was <laughs> like they were robots in a film, and so you're going to get good and bad, whether it's traditional or whether it's indie. You're going to get in, in anything in between. Sure. sure. Completely agree. Completely agree. Lisa, you weigh in on this as a publisher. Um, what is your take on this? 
we have Lisa? She's showing well, if you don't have Lisa, office. Sarah is also an uh, editor of a published magazine for poetry. You can get her to weigh in. Okay. Sarah, you, know, I was all, you, you weigh in, my dear. How do you how <laughs> do you see this in the indie world? Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I think that Jaden, Lamona, and I all, we actually were talking about this at the end of um, our conversation, two, I guess it was almost two weeks ago now, and I agreed with them that it's, it's I, I am frustrated often myself when I'm submitting things to small journals even, because I, <clears throat> my co-editor and I at Beltway commiserate and, and get frustrated about what seems like the real arbitrariness of, of publishing, even in indie publishing, because I have a published book with a really small press, but um, I feel like that was just like that. <laughs> sometimes. Um, and I, I have no, um, who, is, who used the word scuttlebutt? Like, I don't look down on self-published work that that is um, selling and that is, I mean, you guys that have these, like, product lines and are doing all sorts of other, you got to send your hands in multiple pies. If you have created a um, an image for yourself and you're marketing your work and it's selling and uh, it, it, no one can tell you that you're not successful or, or that that book is not good work and, and pop poetry is poetry. I mean, there's uh, an issue of Rattle that I'm working at on my shelf right now where the editor uh What's his name? Tim Green, I think. He published Instagram Poets as a way to specifically pick out of the genre pop poetry. And, and I loved that issue because I love my Instagram Poets because they're these specific it's, – it's pop poetry, and it's the genre that has um, – I don't know. There's a divide everywhere in art, right? Like you have your classic, classicists, and, and you have your people that are, like, real snobby about certain things, and – and I sort of find myself in the middle, I guess, where I don't really like to be opinionated about what is, like, I don't want to say that, that either is good or bad. Like, I love, I love to receive a poem and, 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 and read it and, and decide if it's a good poem, you know, not because it's, like, a pop poem or because it's, like, a, it's like I am a pentameter or something, you know, and, and poetry is going to fit differently with different people, so... That was a long answer, but um, I'm not sure if that situation That answers it. Yes. Shane, let me ask you something. Would it be fair to say that when we as artisans decide to brand that what we brand is not our product. We have to brand ourselves. We have to let the public know who we are, what we are, why we are, how we are, and when they know that, then it is easier for them to buy our product. Um, definitely, I definitely think that uh, um, being more of a recognizable uh, character is definitely uh, definitely very important. Um, I mean, it's kind of like it's just name brand recognition. You see it everywhere. You you go you drive around. You see the Golden Arch. You already know it's McDonald's. You see the Target sign. Um, once you get to that, that status, I feel as though 
there it's like it's always you're always in pursuit of uh of going for something and once you become complacent with your work um i feel like it's kind of giving up i feel like you always need to be uh searching and pursuing something about maybe maybe it's a new craft maybe it's a maybe it's just something something out there i don't know you there's always a pursuit of something so joe as a narrator which is another one of those things that if you're if you're quote unquote not known it's hard to break into because everybody wants the big names to narrate their audiobook so how do you brand yourself so that people know hey i'm here and i'm good i am really good at my craft and i want to bring your book to life well, um, a lot of it depends on um, what your long-term goal is when it comes to narrating. Um, long-form narration is, is very tedious. It's very, it, it's very physical. And um, a lot of narrators um, who you see who've done hundreds of hundreds of books have done that over a long span of time. And, yes, when you do start out, um, the very first thing you want to do, as any, you know, artist would, you want to go for the big names and um, bestsellers, you know. um, And what you find is just like acting with with any regular acting, the – the competition is so, 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 so very stiff. And so you start out somewhere in the middle and you work your way up. And um, like Shane said, you, you really have to put yourself out there and put everything into your craft. And you definitely have to think outside of the box. Sometimes you have to choose um, titles and authors and, and subject matter that you normally wouldn't choose or you you may not think it's a great fit for you and on the other hand it's a perfect fit for your voice um the author also has an idea as to what they want the sound to be like and so you know you can't get discouraged when an author does not choose your voice because in their head that's not how they hear the character speaking or the storyline going so there has to Would, be, you know, some. Go ahead and continue. I'm sorry. There, there, there has to be some um, roadmap, some game plan that has to be tweaked and adjusted as you go along. You know, you may not start quickly out of the gate, but finish strong, and that's the best thing that any of us can do in a creative format. And I think I do believe Miss Lisa has joined us. Lisa, are you area code two one seven? Yes, I am. <clears throat> well, hello. We are so glad you're with us. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we heard that your eye decided to take a vacation and, st- and create its own life form, so we are so glad that you're feeling good enough to, <laughs> to join us tonight, my darling. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. You know, I mean, you know, even blind, I, I can still work a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have been talking about we have been talking about as as indie artists and and indie publishers and indie actors and indie narrators 
that because I've been I've been out there for a long time. I was one of the first that said, "Screw the traditional route. I'm going to go out and do it on my own." I'm a rebel anyway. And people said, "Well, it'll never happen. You can't do it." I said, "Oh, really? Hide and watch this." So it's one of those hold my beers and watch this type things. So tell us <laughs> how you got started. What made you embrace it, and what do you do to keep it fresh, motivated, and on your path? Um, publishing indie or starting my, my publishing company? I love it. Well, um, actually, the reason I do most things is I got mad. Um, that's my main motivator, got mad. And I stomp around and say someone should do something about it. Think about it a little bit. Fine, I'll do something about it. <laughs> a woman and after me on the heart. Yeah. And uh, I had I, pub- I published my first book in 2015. And um, it kind of started because my first book is a memoir. Um, it'll feel better when it quits hurting. And um, I, for a lot of my friends had been encouraging me to write these stories down. And, um, and when I published it, I, I tried again, the traditional route, sent it off to all these places. And, um, what I got back was, this is a great book, but we can't publish it. Oh, this is a wonderful book, but we can't publish it. Um, publishing houses are a lot like, uh, TV stations. So they go through trends. So you'll suddenly see like 80,000, you know, cop shows, and then they'll switch uh-huh. over to hospital shows. And, you know, they, they have these cycles that they go through. Well, publishing houses do the same thing. Memoirs weren't in. They had no use for my book. So I, uh, so I went ahead and I, I started, you know, the regular public, you know, I said, fine, I'll do it myself. And um, several years into it, I, uh, got mad again. I had gotten taken advantage of by um, a company that was supposed to edit my second book. And and I had done my due diligence. I went online. I checked them out, checked them out with the BBC, looked up reviews on them. Everything was fine. Um, I, and I had sent them my book, and they delayed, delayed, delayed. I finally got it back right before I had to upload it. I uploaded it to set it out in the world, and after I uploaded it, I realized they hadn't edited a single line. They took all my money, but wow. didn't, didn't edit it. <laughs> See, that, that happened. Wow. such a wonderful writer. You, you didn't make any mistakes, and I went, I'm dyslexic. I know I made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, when I first started, a group of us, there were about seven of us, that got taken by a publishing house. And we we made a pact with each other that we would never again allow that to happen. And to this day, that group of us are still very, very tight. And we literally broke the back of that publishing house. I'm, I'm surprised he's still breathing air because when I got through with him, he wasn't real happy. But that that is that what you bring up is a very valid point. Is that when someone starts out before they ever go to an editor or to a house or to a cover artist, they need to go and get into groups of us 
that have been out there a while to say, do you know so-and-so? What have you heard about so-and-so? Because the Internet lies, we know that. And just like they yeah. took your money and didn't didn't do a blooming thing, I never got royalties, and I know I sold books from this publisher, but I never got royalties. And when mm-hmm. I called him, out, he said, well, I have to pay my bills. I said, excuse me? So, uh, really? Yeah. I, uh, what a concept. I get a lot of Vandy House uh, refugees. I get yes. a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, I take them under my wing, and um, they're they're very grateful. <laughs> I have very happy authors. I, I think I'm probably the only publishing house on, in the country that my authors actually like me. <laughs> Bless you. That That says a so, lot for your character, I'm going to tell you. Brandy, I want to bring you into the loop because Mm -hmm. you do something that is very, very unique. And Mm -hmm. with with the 21st century and what we are in now in virtual reality, tell Mm -hmm. us about doing interactive sessions with authors and their characters in a game room. I got to go to that game room because that just blows my mind. How do you do that? Oh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, Well, what I do is I have the author come on the phone with me, and they have to watch the stream while I'm streaming so that that they make sure I've got the characters right. And then we talk about their book and the characters and their personalities and what they would dress like if they were dressing casually, what they would dress like if they were in formal wear. I mean, we, we do it up to the, to the hilt, you know, what they would wear to bed, what they would wear, you know, out to the after, uh, to the after party, you know, um, or a cocktail party, you know, all that kind of stuff and, and really get to know the characters on a different level. And so that the people who are viewing it can see these characters in a more concrete way and encounter the book in a more concrete way. Mm -hmm. The the thing that comes to my mind is my book, Pink Canary, and and because Pink Canary came out of nowhere, and to see it in a Sims 4 interactive game, it it would be fall down funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it is a blast. I did it for the first time. I brought an author on board. I had the... Truthfully, I started the stream this month, uh, April 14th, um, because we hadn't had the ability to get stable internet before. We'd wanted, and I'd done an interactive writing session at the Las Vegas Writers Conference online, and my husband overheard it, and he goes, you know, that would make a really great stream. So we decided to invest in the equipment it was necessary to get this internet that would be stable enough to allow us to stream, because you actually need some pretty decent bandwidth to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you and, do. Um, <laughs> So we invested in the equipment, we got it up, I got my channel. I decided on the name Mistress of Portals because what you're doing when you write a book or or tell a story is you're really opening a portal to another world. You're allowing somebody to step into a different place and a different time and and become a a different thing. And so that's that's where the name came from. And um, my husband initially introduced me to his friends, and those were my first viewers, was his friends. <laughs> but since I started bringing the other authors, I thought, you know, this would be a great way for me to connect authors to viewers in a platform that they normally don't have access to. Because Twitch, which is the, where I stream it, is really designed for gamers. 
That's where it first got started. Now, it has expanded for chatters and for musicians, and so now I'm carving out a niche for authors. Wow. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is what being an indie is all about because Kevin is, is what we call a hybrid. He's done both. And I think he he might or might not agree that being indie gives one so much freedom. Kevin, would that be a a proper statement? Well, it is because, I mean, Yvonne, not only – first of all, I started my career in Atlanta, by the way, and I'm from rural Nashville. So there you go. Nice to meet you. Hey, a but... fellow southerner. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> Oh, hey, we have a, I'm in it. When you said hold my beer, I was like, well, that's how I got half the scars in my body. But anyway, um, <laughs> so we all? As, as, as the ladies know, I, I have a whiskey or two. But anyway, um, yes, and I do want to be clear, Yvonne, on the hybrid part. I do want you to know that my first book, my, I've written three, but two of them fall into one category. One of them fall in another and the other three that I have lined up to write uh, also will be two different genres. So I will be done with with six books, and it will be four different genres. So I'm just a train wreck. But anyway, um, the first book I wrote like me, was a man after Disney. me on heart. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, the first one I wrote was on the business of show business. So first and foremost, you already have a niche industry from the standpoint of just acting books, and then yet – most of those books are on the craft of acting, the show part of it, not the business side of it. But I've been a consultant and a speaker on the business of show business for 25-plus years. The reason why I self-published that to begin with was I didn't want a publisher who didn't understand my industry telling me how to edit the book. And so I did it as self-published to begin with, but then since I published it over the course of time, I eventually became aligned with the publisher who did my two gift books, and he went, wait a second, what is this other book you have? It doesn't really fit like what was, what was being discussed before. It didn't fit our current memoir or whatever the publisher's mind. It was a very good analogy, by the way, Lisa, on TV networks to publishers. Totally correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely trend here. Have a nice day. Wrong week, wrong month. Um, right. So that's one of the reasons why I did self-publish the first two because – Uh, I just didn't want to have to deal with any sort of flack about someone understanding where I was coming from with why I wanted to do that. And then, you know, a couple, three years later, after I'd had it out for a while and got a lot of reviews and got to know this person, they wanted to pick it up because we have much bigger things about trying to get it in as a supplemental book to universities, you know, and, and from Brandy, who I recently met through the ladies. Hi, Brandy. Uh, Hi, Kevin. the same thing with regards to narration. All those things cross my world here, here in Hollywood because I know people who are game workers, and I know people who also do audiobook narration on their own in terms of having their own studio and how tedious it is and how long it takes. And, and uh, you know, you do have to find, like what Brandy did, you have to find a way to get it out there. Uh, listen, I'm building my YouTube channel up in a different way right now, and I'm going to do – I'm going to do video stuff as it relates to my books all day long and twice on Sundays to help market the book. It's just something that I'm going to do because talking on cameras, how people know me. So that's just something I'm going to add into the wrinkle of I have to do this to get books sold, and that's what I'm going to do. And, Shane, would it be fair to say 
that as an author, as an indie author, we are not bound by conventional methods of, okay, let's, for the sake of this discussion, say, Shane, you're a Western writer. You can't write anything but Westerns, and we want you to to roll out three Westerns every quarter. you gotta, you got to roll one out a quarter, but you got to have four done. As an indie author, we have the leisure of taking as much time as we want and of writing mm-hmm. in any genre we want. Am I right in that? Oh, absolutely. Three or four <laughs> per quarter, yeah. Oh, no, I agree with you. I mean, I'm technically not an author. I uh, haven't published anything, but just um, – I feel like it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, the brand recognition. You know, like once you get to like, once you are like a well-known author and the publishing firm wants you to, uh, you know, roll out X amount of books a year, I feel like you eventually have that uh, kind of leverage where you're like, well, no, I'm so-and-so. I'm going to put the book out when I want to. And I feel like definitely uh, – being exposed to the indie author world this past year, you definitely learn more about how it's a lot of a community and, uh, and a lot of it too, is just like you, there's no real major pressure that you have to, you have those deadlines. It's when it's right, it's going to be right. I mean, there are deadlines, but it's not as intense as major house publishing. I feel like. And we see your assets off for not publishing. There, there you go. And Wilnona and Jade, y'all know y'all know how many genres I write in, and and y'all know I'll write just about anything except romance and stupid stuff. I don't write porn and I don't write romance, but I take my time when I start getting ready to write a book. Would that be a fair statement, Wilnona? Would that be a fair statement? You, uh, Yvonne, yes, you do take your time and you get you get it absolutely right. Uh, this is Winona. Winona <laughs> writes normally. Normally, she'll write a book in a week, and if she's real lazy, which is me, if I'm real lazy, it'll take me thirty days. Unlike romance, because you don't write romance, and I tend not to write romance. But I threw down a gauntlet a couple of years ago because. A fan of mine said, I want a good romance from you because you write a good noir. So you could do a good romance. And it's been 11 years later. They're still waiting on that book. Jade, do you want to answer the question? <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. But Winona doesn't do edits, so I rewrite all her work. That's exciting. And Yeah, and sometimes it takes me a long time to write a poem. I'm 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 like, wait, the, that word choice wasn't quite right. Let me go back. And Winona's like, what are you saying? You wrote it down. It's awesome. So I'm going to throw this now to Sarah, the real the real poet in the room. Okay, Sarah, you're up. How long does it take you to put a poem out? We lost Sarah. Um, put a poem out in the world or just write No, how long does it how, – how long – when you start – when you get in the mood to write poetry – do you agonize over it for days and weeks and months, or or do you just write it and then polish it? Oh, yeah, no, I just write. I, I love to write. Um, <laughs> uh, usually I write a poem, and then uh, if I feel like it needs to be edited, I will put it away for, for a day or a week and then come back to it, um, kind of like a, like a pot roast or something. Um, that's how poetry <laughs> gets polished for me. <laughs> 
but twelve yeah, poems kind of kind of need to simmer, I think. Um and, and I used to write a lot more like I I really admire uh the, the genre switching that you that a lot of you have been talking about because that's something when I was in college I did a lot more of and since I've I'm I'm in law school now, I just I don't do anything really besides poetry because it gives me so much um I don't know. I've just grown to be a poet, I suppose. But when I write poems, um, I write them, and then I come back to them, and I polish them over a period of weeks. And sometimes, um, sometimes I'll work on a poem for, for several months until it's clean, but not agonizing. You know, uh, sort of like a sculpture, I guess. And and that. And and you have the leeway to do that because you are indie. If if you were traditionally published, you probably wouldn't have the leeway to do that. Which brings me back to Joe. Joe, you also, as a narrator, there goes my tongue again, separating itself from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done poetry for someone? Um. I have, I actually started, my base is um, poetry and creative writing. I write short stories, have not published them anywhere outside of, like, local hometown contests, things like that. And I put my writing away for many years and um, picked it back up again a couple of years ago. And um, I actually, kind of like, um, you can, I work on several things at a time. So I have, like, six different notepads going on at one time. One will have poetry, one has fiction. (laughs) I do. Yes, one will have um, religious themes, um, uh, workshops and series in them, lectureships that I do. So I think that the thing about being creative is when it hits you, it just hits you. And being an indie, you don't have to conform to anyone's um, expectations except your own and I, I think it's um, Shane like you were saying it's it's very hard to get your vision across to someone who knows absolutely nothing about what you're talking about or what you've experienced so to have them edit conform cut out and try to restructure your your thought pattern your creativity your flow it, it can be very frustrating yeah, I, I kind of own my work, and luckily the editors that I've had have have um, understood that when you start chopping up my book, I might chop off your head. <laughs> Artists are very sensitive, very sensitive about their work. When when I when I put that much work into something and 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 they start wanting to try, I say look if you feel that that strongly about rewriting my work go write your own all I want is grammatical and structure and to yeah. understand that when I am typing that sometimes my my brain is faster than my fingers and I have a propensity to misspell words over and over again the same word. My brain says it's spell right, and my fingers are typing it wrong. So, but yeah, it. I love being an indie author. I love being an indie artist. I just love anything indie because I don't have to answer to anybody but myself. Yes. <laughs> and your fans. <laughs> well, my fans have learned me because, um, for for. 
that when I first started, that when this one person proceeded to tell me that they didn't like my book and this was why, and I said, well, I, you know, I, I, I can appreciate your 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 thought process, and and I'm glad that you feel that way, but understand this, that book probably wasn't meant for you anyway, so put it down and don't read it. It's not about you. Yeah, I love that. This Oh, no, by the way, sorry. I just wanted to jump in and say I love that. And, and um, Joe, you do a wonderful job reading poetry. You do. <laughs> you guys. So, are, see? Uh, now, let's talk about these ladies. <laughs> no, normally, um, I, I know a lot of narrators who would shy away from your work simply because of the challenge. When you are narrating um a book, you usually have a central theme, one central character, or several characters throughout the entire novel, correct? Uh-huh. Well, these ladies have Absolutely. so many different ideas. You'll have a short story, you'll have a poem, you'll have a thought, you'll have, and so you have to read the piece over and over and try to get into the author's mind what were they thinking at this time how are they feeling what the tonality is a lot of work but it's it's a challenge and it's beautiful and i love it it's different it's out of the box some of their um your your thoughts and ideas like i was going through an emotional time and i think i told you guys this I, just, I would just sit and just cry. Sometimes I get mad. I'd read a piece, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is killing me right now because they were so, um, you, you know, and 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 that's what I love about it. And um, when you talk about getting mad, um, I took voiceover classes in Dallas, and we had a young lady, a guest speaker, who came one night, and she was a previous student of the class and had went on to do um, anime. And she was telling us how she got started with long-form narration. You know, she says, you don't have to wait on these big studio producers or wait for studio time. Go get a room, get a closet, pad it out, get you some, you know, get you a good mic, get you a good computer, and go. You know, just go. And, of course, the instructor was like, no, no, you don't want to do that. I did it. And, you know, I'm like, Who, why not me? You know, why not me? Exactly. Why not you? Why not you? And so that's what I did. <laughs> and I did, and I auditioned, 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 auditioned. And so coming across the ladies was, you know, it was a, it's been a phenomenal experience. It's been fun. It's been a roller coaster. And when I share your work with um, some of my other um, narrator friends, they were like, there's no way I touch that with a 10-foot pole. That is too much. <laughs> too much. Okay, too, many so ideas, no, I... too many genres going on at one time, but it's wonderful. I absolutely love it. So, Joe, I just want to say it from Winona and I, when we got your email and you were like, I got mad and I cried for a week, we were like, <laughs> oh, no, we broke out narrator. <laughs> A lot of people before we broke you, but we were real sad about breaking our narrator. And Joe, I promise you, the next book we bring you will actually be a novel with a full-on character that goes through the whole thing. We promise. We promise. Whatever. I want to know, Jane, what is a talent concierge? So talent concierge, um, it's a label uh, that promotes. Uh, a lot of speakers, uh, talented individuals. Kevin's actually uh, on it, and so I'm still relatively new to it. Um, 
been getting my feet wet a little bit here and there, just trying to help people uh, get booked for speaking gigs. Um, and it's really cool. Uh, the woman who founded it, uh, Connie Fife, she uh, she's phenomenal. She is a wizard at what she does, and she's very dedicated and devoted to helping uh, all of these really talented people get their messages out. Um, and you, Kevin, you and I and, need uh, to talk. You, you and I, because I do public speaking and I do it very well, don't I, ladies? You, after this, we need to talk. Definitely. <laughs> I gotta Sounds get back good. on the speaking. T- I gotta get back on the speaking tour. I miss it. <clears throat> now, okay, Will, Nona, and Jade. I want to know how did how did y'all bring together these multi-talented human beings into your circle because every one of them brings something so unique and so wonderful and so professional and so great to the table. How did you hook up with all these people? Well, this is Winona, and I'm going to say we just want to know people who are better than us at doing everything else in our in our world. And uh, we met them. <laughs> so it worked out great. But no, uh, well, we met and, through like Sarah. Most of them we met through our podcast and our YouTube show. And the thing That's not is, how we met. no, not us. Okay, that is weird. That? How did that we Lisa. meet? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> it was oh, Brandy. We, Brandy. Oh well, well we, you and I, the Jaden Wilmona and I met on the Segulola Salama show in January of 2016 because that was when I came on the show because I had this idea for the 40-Day Writer Reality TV series, which would be uh, 40 days to get writers to finish, polish, and pitch their books to publishers who would then compete for the rights. And my real goal with the show was to basically peel back that curtain behind the big publishing mystery and show people what it actually takes to get a book done and out there and the business side of it and all that. And uh, so I'd come on the show to talk about that, and Jaden and Will Nona reached out to me after the show, and they're like, we want to talk to you about your show idea. And they became some of my biggest supporters and my biggest fans and have nudged me and encouraged me. And actually the stream that I'm doing now is kind of, if I can build the audience big enough, I realized I have the platform to prove to TV producers that there's a real audience, because one of the things one of the Hollywood producers said was, it's too esoteric. Only writers would be interested. They don't realize that 80 to 90% of Americans believe they have a book in them. But fewer than 3% will ever write it because they're too afraid to step forward. They don't think they they have to be somebody to have a good idea. They don't realize they are somebody. To the right audience, they are somebody. That is so, so true. Ladies and gentlemen, what Brandy said is so true. People really do not, the masses really do not believe they are somebody, they are unique, they are special, they are worthwhile, and they have something to offer. And if you can get beyond that, and and that includes all the naysayers that are in your life, because haters are going to hate, I'm going to tell you. When I was in school, my biggest haters were my teachers who told me I could not write, I could not paint, I could not do this, and I could not do that because math was not my friend. 
Well, here I am, 68 years old, and I was 54 when I published my first book. I was 53 when I went to college and got my degree in criminal justice and became a bounty hunter. I am 68 now. You can do anything you want to do if you want to do it bad enough, and if you're not afraid to lead the herd and not become part of the pack. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Amen. And hallelujah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're not afraid to put yourself out there. Well, what did... My When I got my license and started hunting, my mother said, bless her heart, she said, Yvonne, it's dangerous. You could get killed. I said, Mother, I can get killed if I get in my vehicle and go get on the street. I could get killed. I said, and they can only kill me once. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. That's like I had to convince my mom. You know, you can get you can get killed walking across the street. You know, yeah, really. Death, death is I'm, an inevitability. I am not living it's my. Not, I'm not going to live my life in fear. I am going to live my life, and and Jaden will Nona will tell you I'm fearless. I'll take on anything, anybody on any given day. I don't care. Am I right, girls? <laughs> you are Absolutely. so right. You kind of remind us. <laughs> Of Kevin, like when we met Kevin, we were like, she kind of, he kind of reminds us of Yvonne. <laughs> Are you fearless, Kevin? Oh, listen, I grew up without a father, and I should have died six times by the time I was twelve. So yeah, I, that's why we. That's why when you said hold my beer, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much just my first twelve years of my life. So I was, I was Johnny Knoxville before Johnny Knoxville was cool. Oh, I, I was pretty I fearless as a kid too. Well, I actually jumped my bike over the – there was a dugout where they were building a basement, and there was a giant pit, you know, because they had just dug into the ground. And so all the neighborhood boys were jumping their bikes, and I was not going to be left out. So by golly, <laughs> I was going to jump my bike too. See, there you go. I had a very competitive streak. So it would be fair to say that all ten of us are fearless. We have no fear. We do not fear the naysayers. We do not fear the haters. We do not fear those that want to hold us back because they're too afraid to jump in and go forward. I think that's a good good statement. Absolutely. Go ahead. Jade, absolutely. I mean, like when we met Sarah, we were like, wow, she is such a fearless person. (laughs) That's a huge compliment. It's not Uh, that I have no fear. It's that I have learned to face my fear. I, oh, I have say no that fear. fear is like I, a little mouse that stands on the shoulder, and its job is to watch out for danger and warn you about it. And you know, if you listen to that, you can make plans and you can kind of move and maneuver around the problem. But if you let that mouse into the car and you let that mouse drive that car, it's going to wreck your life. You'll go nowhere. <laughs> Well, and and fear is crippling. Fear will kill you quicker than any disease. And when people, mm-hmm. I, I've had yeah. people that that send me texts and and emails, and they say, Yvonne, I really want to write, but I am afraid. What in the devil are you afraid of? Well, it won't be good enough. I, now that is a, a gospel according to who? 
It's all relatives. Yeah. I'm going to tell well, you, I have written, I have written books that that people didn't like, and then I've written books that those same people that didn't like the folks, first books loved them. It's it's the perspectives. It's mm-hmm. so true. This is one on it. I'm going to say like first book that we wrote. Um, was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty nice, and we got mostly good responses back. And then we wrote our second book because someone was like, and I thought being grown up was easy. Because someone told us, and I thought divorce was bad, was just a bunch of old, bitter ladies, like, you know, crying about life. And why didn't they just pick themselves up, get a positive attitude and move on with life? And then I thought divorce was bad was about being abused and then getting up to get up and then face the world and then face life afterwards and being, like, completely ruined and having that courage. And then we recognized that this person who had written it was, like, 19 and lived at home with their parents. And so we were like, the world, you just wait, boo. The world's coming to get you, too. And so we wrote, and I thought being grown up, which also introduced us to Joe and things like that. But I think, like, because we you face that fear, you end up running into people like Lisa Orban who face the fear and is willing to be like, hey, I can shelter you a bit from it by using her Indie United Publishing. Exactly. And, Lisa, how many – and that segues into this question, and I know that, that Brandy's got some questions. I'm going to ask Lisa this one real quick. Lisa, how many would be, want to be, need to be, should be authors come to you scared to death that you have to sort of sit them down and say, okay, it's going to be all right. All of them. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's not true. I think, I've got, I think I've got three authors that I don't have to do that for. <laughs> oh, bless your heart, honey. I, I, the struggle is real. Um, part of my job is, is just being a cheerleader. You got this. I got faith in you. It's going to be okay. I got your back, man. Um, that's that's a lot of my day. Um, I get to a, a lot of my authors depend on me to point them in the right direction. And, and the, one of the differences in, in my publishing house is we're a co-op, which means I, I run it, but I do it by consent with my authors. So any big decisions right. we make, anything we decide to do, this is a joint. You know, I lay out, hey, what do you guys think of this? And then I get feedback from my authors, and then we decide jointly how we're going to proceed. So um, my publishing house is a the, the nice thing. It's all the, the, the things that everyone here talks about that they love so much about being an indie author, they get to continue to do that with my company. The difference is, is you now have a dedicated group of people. Um, we support each other. We talk with each other. Um, we promote each other's books. We read each other's books. Um, we tell our friends about each other's books, you know, um, so, and, you know, I give them this safe haven where they can really explore what they want to do and how they want to write. Um, and I and, and would connect it, them with different would it be people. A fair and, question, let me ask you this. Would it be a fair question to say, and, and I didn't mean to butt in, but the thought nothing. just ran through my mind real quick because it, this, this question is, is very poignant. Would it be a fair statement to say that without the support of all of us in this indie world, that it would like being be being on an island and some days almost drowning? Sometimes, yeah. Um, I I went it alone, you know, like for the first couple, you know, year or so, um, because 
when you first break into it, you don't know anybody. <laughs> you know? Right. You don't have any friends yet. Um, and and so you start to acquire them, um, you know, once you kind of venture out in this world. And, and, I, and I was really lucky as an indie author. I had um, several people that, that, that came up to me and kind of took me under their wing and went, you wrote a really great book. Now you need to learn the rest of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. You've written the book now. What I used to get, I used to do a, a seminar on that. You've written your book now. What? And I and what I would tell them is writing the book is easy. That is the easiest oh, yeah. thing that you will ever do as an author. The yeah, hardest the thing that you part. will do is putting yourself out there as the brand, because if you don't put yourself out there as the brand, you will never sell your product. Yeah, um, it's in a lot of my authors. Uh, they, they they kind of meet that stereotype where they're 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 introverts. They have kind of a hard time. Uh, you know, they want to write, and they're very good writers. They, but they they don't do the um, personal connections. You know, they 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 don't sit easy. You know, with random connections. And right. um, I uh, the last uh, uh, book festival we went to, I had several of my authors there, and they sold out. They sold every book they brought. And they were at the end. They were just giving out cards, saying, "Please buy my book at my, you know, here." And um, and, and what it really came down to is, they had gone to to shows before, but they would sit and wait for people to come to them. And my job, I I was, you know, the ringleader, the barker, and I uh-huh. start randomly just throwing people at them, going, "Hey, you want to look at their book? These books are great." <laughs> They're just they just. <laughs> There, they're just like I don't know how you do that, but it was so nice. So yeah, that's you know, so on in the digital world and, and, and in real life, but you know that that is my primary job is is to just hype my hype my authors. You know, make people aware of them. Say, hey, you really want to look at them, and that's probably the hardest part for most authors to do is, and it takes a lot of time away from writing. Yes, it does. You know. And so Absolutely. I, I free up a lot of that time for my authors too. You know, I set up the the book festivals. I set up the you know I, I do all the advertising, the marketing, and stuff. And they still do some on their own. Um, but I, I take a lot of that burden off of them, and they can also come to me and go, "I'm just going to dump all these problems at your feet. Thank you. I love you. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Contact so, Brandy, you said. Brandy, you said that you had a couple of questions. You now have the floor, my friend. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what questions I have, but um, well, Jade has I know questions. that Mike. Okay. Excuse me, go ahead. If you don't, if you yeah. don't mind, Jade has some questions. I wanted to I ask. Think no, Kevin wanted. I think Kevin wanted to say something first. What was it, Kevin? Well, Kevin, yes. Uh. No, I, I'm solid oh. at the moment. Uh, well, I'm, I'm on pins no. and needles with a question from the ladies because it involves cocktails, so go ahead. Oh, man, I wish it did involve <laughs> cocktails. You already know. But <clears throat> my real question was, how are you guys in the time that we – I mean, y'all, because not guys. How are y'all dealing with this in the time that we're living in and promoting your books? What are some helpful hints that you can give or other indie – What? Or magazines. Or magazines. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or magazines that you that y'all are doing now that we are basically all stuck inside. What what are the things that you're doing to promote yourselves? So it's like for everybody. Remind them that reading is better than housework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yes. Your house will <laughs> your house will stay. The book will not. <laughs> you know. Or the, you know, reading won't solve all your problems, but neither would neither does housework. So might as well do something you enjoy. <laughs> so that's true. <laughs> We we that's, dropped that's one of our callers. That's the that I've been using. Oh, oh. Well, I know. Um, yeah, the Twitter thing is how I started promoting. Any, anyone else interject? Uh, maybe. Is it Lisa that was just talking? No, no. Oh, Lisa Blessing. I was talking I'm for a first-time caller. Oh, you're Hello. a first-time caller. Okay, well, ask your question, dear. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, nah, no problem. Uh, I'm a poet, and uh, I was actually supposed to call a poetry show, but i seen this line, so I wanted to call in. I'm getting great um, information. Um, I'm staying by writing a book. So I'm just gathering all the information and soaking it up. I want to say thank you um, for having the show like well, that. You well, thank so you for coming welcome. on. I know I, 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 Yvonne's show, but I, I want to say thank you. Yeah, no, I was it, leaving. Take it away, Winona. I was it. Well, thank you. What do you have a specific? I can't talk anymore, guys. A specific, specific question that? Thank you. That that you need answered, or some advice that you would like for one of our panel to give you? Yes, absolutely. Um, first off, I want to say uh, again, I really enjoyed um, all the commentary and and just just detailed information I was given. Um, I was hearing a lot about the advantages of being um, an indie um, artist, poet, Arthur. Um, can I give maybe three disadvantages or pitfalls um, Arthur would have to look out for being an uh, independent route? Okay. Who wants to take that scratch. one? I'll, I'll, I'll take everything from scratch. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, You're going to need to learn to do absolutely everything. Uh, You are the marketing department. You are the sales department. You are the design department. You are the editing department. You are, you are the, you know, the publishing department. You are everything. Okay. And so if you want to step into self-publishing, you have to understand that nobody's going to sell your book for you. You're going to be out there hustling. Okay, and you also, have to wanted, believe in yourself enough to do it. Also, I wanted to throw it to Sarah because she actually has she is at a small pub, uh, small press, and like maybe she can give you some advantages and disadvantages. Sarah, about going with a small press. Yes, some yeah, advantages and disadvantages. Like, well, advantages because you know you're under contract. Always advantages. Yeah, well, I mean, I have had pretty much the same experience as if I. I mean, I my small publisher has said he was lovely. Um, I love Larry. Broxton Books is amazing, but I am my own promoter. I am uh, the marketing department. Just just exactly what you said. Like I, I do everything on my own. So you have to be ready to um, I, I forget who said it, but like doing the thing about YouTube, like you, you your faith and you as the author are also the product of uh-huh. the book. If people like you, they will then be more keen to like turn that page, click purchase on your book. Um, I have sold books. My book came out in 2018 and I've sold books this year through my Instagram by reposting the sales link and promoting it because uh, I've posted myself like going for hikes and talking about COVID awareness and, and publishing things in journals. But 
but it's it's me that's like I am the poet. So like then I connect mm-hmm. back to my book and other sense. Everyone's been saying the same thing. But yeah, like you are you are the poems, man. Like <laughs> you're the poet and the poems and uh in a way that's kind of also a cool cool thing to, to learn and become. Hey, some of the things that a traditional publisher oh sorry. Some of the things I know that a traditional publisher will bring to the table are contacts and connections that they've had centuries sometimes to form, which, you know, okay. we as individuals will not have had that because they've, they've like uh, Hooten Mifflin, they've been around since the 1800s. So they've had all that time to build contacts and connections in the industry that you and I just are never going to have that amount of time. They've had that time to build their email lists and to, to cultivate people who know their brand and know what they do and know what they represent and who are looking for their books in bookstores. So there are advantages to working with a traditional publisher in, and you do get a team. You know, it's not just you. They, they do have a team of people working on your behalf, but you're giving up a tremendous amount of control in it and profit in exchange for that team. Right. Hi, I'm Nona, and I'd like to talk yeah. a little bit about the realistic disadvantages and advantages. Of a recent, like when I first did my my uh, autobiography kind of sort of thing, I got offered a traditional contract, and it came out to be twenty three cents a book that I would get. Whereas wow. self publishing it, I get five dollars a book. Now with that twenty three cents, I do get access to their marketing and a little bit about promotions, and I get those connections. But then I recently, because we have a podcast and stuff, we recently interviewed some people who were with some of the big five, and a lot of them were like, well, if you don't already have the emails for these shows in contact, then you're not going to contact for you. So you might end up doing the exact same thing you would have to do with self-publishing. Now, when you're going to do the self-publishing route, you have to be controlled. If I may ask, what type of poetry do you write? I write all type of poetry, except for political poetry, but I specialize in what I call L. Okay. Well, when you write your poetry, oh, you have romance poetry, bro. What you asking us for? That's a billion dollar. Min- that's a billion dollar industry. Go publish that. Have fun. Oh no. <laughs> Well, Kevin spoke earlier about like. I'm I'm sorry, Glenn. I was going to say, and then you should probably ask Kevin because he's an actor and he has like better experience with getting yourself out into the public eye and presenting yourself to the public. And Shane um, is an associate editor of a magazine that could get your poetry into a a magazine. So you know, you might want to ask them and get a head start. Well, Kevin spoke earlier about, um, he wrote about, um, I guess you said her first book was about the business of Hollywood. Um, so you knew about that immensely. I'm also a sh- so um, some of my poetry kind of conveys. I missed that second first. part. Kind of conveys what now? The culinary food. Um, where I'm Ooh. speaking about food, but it sounds it sounds like like I'm speaking to a woman. So I mean, <laughs> being a poet, I'm able to, to manipulate words like that. 
So um, the first book that Metaphor. I think I was kind of based on the elegant erotic edible kind of food book. But I know you were talking about speaking on something that you know you know about twenty some years. I've been cooking for over that. So um, that was kind of the aspect that I wanted to start in. Um, Well, you're channeling your inner nine and a half weeks with Mickey Rourke from 30 years ago, if you're talking about <laughs> romance and food, uh, <laughs> but also that, you know, that that is probably going to take it to a degree. Uh, and you have a lot of folks on this call that would know and understand this far better than I would in certain ways uh, into, uh, again, a specific genre if it's romance, but then also, you know, a metaphorical food into romance. And I, I think it, it opens your possibility up into having your uh, a, a book you may do poetry wise be but not only self published but also be attractive in, in probably some places that that some other romantic poetry books may not actually normally find themselves being picked up by someone who wants to to purchase them or small boutique retail outlets um, would be one of the, but I'd have to see. I'd have to see some of the work to, to know that better in terms of some of the expertise that I've gotten over the years by getting actors to do the very same thing with regards to television and film. Absolutely. We, and, and, all of, and all of this wonderfulness of you calling in, we just really dropped the ball and didn't even ask your name. Well, um, I go by Romeo Dinati. Romeo, oh, I like that. Well done. So let me ask you this, Romeo. Have you published yet, or are you still in the process of writing? I have not published yet. Um, okay. All my poems, is, is they're collected. I guess the first book. But um, I haven't actually gotten into the process yet. Okay. The, the hardest thing that we as as independents do mm-hmm. is take that giant leap to say, okay, I'm publishing this now. It's it's completed. Will it ever be perfect? The the answer to that is no, because we, we are human and nothing will ever be perfect. It's like mm-hmm. a, a painter who's painting a picture and he says, well, this little bit's wrong, so they go to fix it. Well, by the time they fix all these little bits, they screwed up the whole thing. So one of the the things that I would say to you is once it's done, leave it alone. Get it published, get it out there, and leave it alone. Because the more you start going, well, let me tweak this, or let me go back and tweak this, what happens is it's been it's been tweaked so much that it's not even what you wanted it to begin with. So don't overthink the process is what I'm trying to say. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Am I right, y'all? Well, and I would say, I would say another thing is remember that it's not, you can always release a second edition. You know, if you release it to the public and the public says, I don't like it, you're not tied to that only edition. You can come back. You can pick it back up, you can change it, and you can put it back out there. But absolutely. Never let anybody steal your dream without your permission. Absolutely. Amen to that. 
absolutely agree with that. I think 110. Um, percent Get a great editor, which um, like Lisa can put you in some really great directions with that. And, and then, um, yeah, I mean that's, that's what Avon said and what everyone else has said. And, and, yeah, I agree with 110. percent can I jump in for just a second? Lisa. Sure. <laughs> um, hey, uh, just to let you know, Romeo, if you go to yes. my, uh, my publishing website at NBCUnited.com or .net, I'm sorry, uh, we have yes, an entire section. Back. Can you get that again, uh, please? Uh, NBCUnited.net. NBCUnited.net. We have um, two sections, and you don't have to be one of our authors to, to access either one of them. Um, one is an author's resource page, and another one is um, uh, various vendors for, like, editing, um, uh, promotions, a whole bunch of different things, you know, narrators that, as a startup author, you would probably find very helpful. They give you a lot of hints and a lot of tips, and you can always contact me, too, if you ever have any questions. But I... Um, you know, as we've all talked, trying to get into this business and trying to make connections is one of the hardest things to do. So when I put together my business, one of the things I wanted to do was bring these services easily accessible to people that have been vetted. So every person that's on my site has been recommended by other authors, so they actually do what they claim they will do. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, I was I was listening for like 59 minutes and I was hoping that I didn't get hung up on because I'm one of the artists that that's more of an introvert and I don't speak um, unless I'm on stage and performing. But after that, I go sit in my corner and watch and just observe. So it took a little bit, like 45 minutes. Fantastic. Say okay, I'm, I'm gonna ask my you, questions, but I really did enjoy everything y'all had to say tonight. Well, well, before you go, well, thank you for stepping up and speaking yeah. out. Exactly. Yeah. We are very glad yeah. that that you decided to to say, okay, here I am. Pay attention to me, because we we is is on this panel. We all have important things to say, and we all want to say it. And I kept hearing this voice I wasn't recognized. First I thought it was Shane, and then I'm thinking, but Shane's voice isn't that deep. And then I looked and I saw this number I didn't recognize, and I went, oh, we have a we have a visitor. Welcome him into the house and have him sit down and hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, Well, Romeo, can I that's, say? That's kind of um, the theme for every indie is hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm Romeo, listening. let me just say you—you—you've done. You've taken the most important step, and that's asking questions. Um, it's tough, but um, even though you're by yourself, you're not alone. And so, there's never a question that cannot and should not be asked. And as you see, there are so many people who are willing to help you along the way. So kudos to you for having the courage to speak up for yourself and know that, you know, we're behind you 100%. Thank you. Appreciate that much. You are quite welcome, my friend. Now, do you want to hang out with us for the last 10 minutes of the show and listen to some more sage wisdom? Okay. We'd love to have you just sit here with us and you don't have to hang up. But what what I want to ask is, 
this question, and I'm going to ask each of you and get your take on it so that Romeo can get some more sage advice and, and understand that we cannot do what we do. It would be like shackling us to a tree or something. Jaden, well, Nona, I'm going to start with you. Why do you write? Well, I write because, uh, this is Jade, because Winona asked me to. So that's why I write. <laughs> now, the real writer in the room will answer the question. Winona? I write because a, a teacher, when I was seven years old, uh, asked us to do a free write, and this teacher was like, it's one of the best books I've read. If you only learn how to do a plot, I'd appreciate it. And it turned out I did a 20-some page free write. And she's like, I read every page going, how does it end? And how do these all how do all these things come together? And it turned out I actually love writing. You got to do it every day. If you wake up every day, you're like I have to do something. You're probably a writer, so do what you're supposed to do. Lisa, why do you write? Because I have stories to tell, and I love to share. I, I, I've always, you know, I don't have a problem sharing my opinion. I don't have a problem. And I, and I love, I, I've always been a very good verbal storyteller. And, um, and then I finally got around to, to writing those stories down and, and people enjoy them. They like them. And um, it makes me happy. It, it, I like knowing that people know these stories that I've always, that I've shared among my friends, that people around the world now know them and share them. Sarah, why, <laughs> Sarah, why do you write? I write because I have to, not because anyone pays me, but because I, I need it. You know, when I write, I, I feel like I feel it in my soul. <laughs> That's not too cheesy. And uh, I have a story similar to what Will Nona says. When I was young, I was given an assignment in like fifth grade and um, I I wrote for pages and pages and I do similar things today um, and it, it, it's something that gives me joy Brandy why do you write I write because it's how I process the world it's how I think through my life and the situations I've encountered it's how I process all the um, I, I joke that writers are one of three socially acceptable mental illnesses that you can have you know, we get paid to put the voices in our head on paper, and, and that's <laughs> that's my outlet for getting my crazy out there in a way that uh, doesn't hurt people. So, Kevin, why do you write and why do you act? Because those two things go sort of hand in hand. You know, it's funny, Yvonne. I, well, aside from the fact I'm a complete goofball and an idiot, we'll just set that aside. Um, I, Funny enough, I, I was a kid. My mother was a professional singer, play, singer, which is why I grew up in Nashville. But I had originally started writing poetry, funny enough, when I was about 11 or 12. And she wanted me to write songs, and I kind of got sidetracked by wanting to be an athlete. But I probably would have been a writer, ironically, before I would have been an actor. I just got it flipped around like you, Yvonne. I just decided to uh, become an author much later in my life because I finally gave myself the time and the permission to do so. But I absolutely write in part for what Brandy just said. I, my initial writing actually came from wanting to ease strife in our lives through education. 
Um, I'm certain I'm a former stand-up comic, so I partly write. This is why I do different genres. I write because I want to make people laugh at the, at life and at the world and find it funny than uh, for as painful as it can be. And I also write because I want. Uh, I'm I'm a Pisces. I'm very introspective and. And I want people to sort of feel a personal muse about sitting quietly in the corner and, and enjoying something. So I, I write for all three of those reasons. And Shane, why do you do what you do? Because what you do is, is so important in this industry. Even though you haven't published a book, what you do helps authors. And you're also a grant writer. Why do you do those things? So uh, I come from a family, everyone in my family is an English major. Um, and so I've always been exposed. My mom does a lot of uh, like nonprofit consulting work. And my sister works as a grant writer at our local hospital. Um, so I've always been exposed to those fields growing up. And so I remember like being in school trying to figure out like, what am I going to major in? I, I had that one thing where that one part where I was like, all right, if I want to make money, I have to be a business major. And then I took a class with one teacher who's like, you don't need to do that at all. You have a knack for this. You can make money. There's a lot of ways to do it. Just stop. Think more outside the box. So I kind of just started writing. I do it. Uh, it's kind of therapeutic in a way. Uh, and it's fun too. You know, you think of like little, just like lines, just, you always forget them, but it's important to write them down. Um, but grant writing especially, that's something I'm really passionate about. Um, I think being able to help out my community, uh, getting a lot of organizations that do fantastic things but don't quite have the support or recognition that they should um, help them get to the next, the next step and to make each area a better place just little, little by little. So Romeo, as you have seen, as you've seen, I can't talk anymore. Every one of the people on this panel have one thing in common, and that is they write because they have to. If they if they don't write, and I'm the same way. If I don't write, or I don't paint, or I don't communicate, whether it's putting my opinions on on social media, we almost lose our minds. So give yourself permission to write, to to whatever it is, write it down. It doesn't matter if it sounds stupid or not. Write it down because you never know where it's going to go. Always keep a journal with you. Journal every day. And with that... We have now drawn, within the last three minutes, if y'all can believe this, of this hour-and-a-half show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It is it's already been an hour and a half. It, it goes by very, very fast. So what I want to do is I want to I thank each of you all for taking time out of your busy lives to come on this show tonight. It is an honor. It is a privilege. It is a pleasure. Romeo, thank you for joining us because that made this hour and a half worthwhile because we know we touched one person. Am I right, panel? Absolutely. Amen. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. 
And those of you that have not friended me on Facebook, please do, because I promise you, you will not be bored with my page. The girls will tell you my page is never boring. Bless Martha May's heart. I pray for that woman. I might have to jump back on just to connect. Okay. (laughs) I I pray for Martha May every night and every morning. I'm going to tell you, bless her heart. All I'm going to say, just bless her heart. I have not heard from her in a couple of days, but I am pretty sure that she is going to start beating me up again, and that is okay because I will just say bless her heart. <laughs> and that's how we handle it in the South. One bless your heart and you're done. Just, just, but, of course, she thought that I was complimenting her, and I had to tell her that, no, sadly, I was um, giving her the worst insult that a Southerner can give someone. But. <laughs> she, she obviously didn't understand that, is, that, that either. That is the so. way we, we tell people how to disconnect from our lives in the nicest possible way. I'm telling well, you. Well, I tell you what. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> so you so I want to your heart, sugar. I just I want to thank you all so much, and please friend me on Facebook because I want to stay in touch with you. And, Shane, I am serious. I want to get back out in the public speaking form because I miss it. In fact, I've had three events canceled I was supposed to speak at with all this other insanity that was going on, which really ticks me off. But um, I got to get, I want to get back out there. I, It's time. My, my husband has been gone for almost two years and he would be very angry with me that I waited so long. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for joining us. Join me on the, what day is it? Join me on the 9th when I will have author James Strauss on here at 9 o'clock. And we thank you all. I thank my panel. And until next time, this is Off the Chain, and we say good evening. Good evening. So, ladies, good Good evening. evening. And y'all, y'all, hook up with me on Facebook. Good evening, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye